BDR's Prime Resources Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge you need to help your business achieve prime results, with prime being the most flourishing stage or state. Let's do this. Welcome to the Prime Resources Podcast. I'm Matt MacArthur, BDR's Director of Training. Today, our topic is identifying and communicating company value. Joining us today is Scott Tinder. Scott is a BDR trainer as well as an instructional designer. He leads BDR's uh, dealer and distribution training sessions. Scott, welcome. Uh, what the heck does an instructional designer do? <laughs> Boy, what what doesn't an instructional designer do, Matt? And 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 thanks for the uh, thanks for the invitation to do this. Um, instructional designer basically, if you think about all the training classes we have that are live training classes or online training classes, they're all centered around some type of presentation mode like PowerPoint, was, which is pretty common. So being an instructional designer means bringing all these forces together and utilizing the tools that you have to produce a product that is uh, understandable and neat, clean, legible, and presented in a way that enhances the learning experience. So with that being said, and I put together PowerPoints. How's that? <laughs> we'll take that answer. Thank you. And uh, yeah. you're, you're also a trainer. Uh, just just quickly for our listeners, uh, give us a couple of the classes that you train or the subjects. Oh, boy. Um, I, I probably the most common one I've, I've had in the last couple of years has been the, uh, the art of consumer financing. Real hot topic over the last couple of years. Uh, real important to business success in the retail world today. I do a lot of TM training. We have a, a Top Gun territory manager training. That is phenomenal. That that is an intense workshop, uh, five days, and uh, goes through really working with the territory managers on how to understand a dealer's business, um, how how a dealer makes money, how a dealer grows, and what their role is in supporting them. So those are probably two of my favorite classes to teach, and probably the uh, the ones that have been most common for me in the last two years. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You're, you're kind of doing a, a service for our our dealer partners by uh, coaching up their territory managers on how to, they can be better territory managers and help the dealers better. I love that. Well, yeah, Matt, no one's going to win in this whole thing alone. So, you know, we've got to, we've got to forge great partnerships. Uh, we If we're really going to win, and I'm a firm believer, and I know BDR is a firm believer in that strength between the dealer and the distributor, forming that great partnership uh, to go out and win together. Beautiful. Uh, totally agree, and, and I, I can see a future uh, podcast episode about that. But today we're going to talk about value, um, identifying and communicating company value. So I wanted to start, uh, before we dive into our discussion here, um, with a little quote. Uh, this comes from Warren Buffett. Uh, who's a value-based investor. That's kind of how he's known. And uh, Warren says, the price is what you pay, value is what you get. So my question for you, Scott, to start off our talk about value is, what makes up value? What constitutes value? You know, it's interesting, Matt. When you, when you uh, asked me to uh, join you on this podcast, I, I, I asked myself that same question. So of course I, I went online and looked up the dictionary definitions and um, there, there's several and you know 
right now we're kind of talking about the monetary value. It's, it's the perception of what a product or a price is worth compared to the price being asked or paid for it. You know, similar to what Warren Buffett said. So that's, that's the monetary. It's the worth of something compared to the price paid. Um, there's also the intangible, you know, a, a value uh, as a principle or standards of behavior. It's one's judgment as to what's important in life or how you conduct yourself. So I'm going to intermingle those two as we go through um, our discussion today. What you do in business can provide value. Um, how you how you operate your your business life, how you conduct yourself, all of those can bring value. All of those can affect the monetary or the perception of what your product is or what your service is and what they're worth. Does yes. that help, Matt? It does. Yeah. yeah the the perception relative to the price. Um, so with that, why? And when I think about value, a lot of times it's not uh, it's not self-communicating always, <laughs> you know. And I, and I think this is where, and what I mean by that is, um, just because you might internally know the value uh, of something that you do or your company does, it doesn't mean that gets understood by those around you, whether they're team members or uh, customers. And so I wanted to ask you, what is the importance of a dealer really understanding their communicate their company's value, and then and then also being able to communicate it? Oh boy, uh, that's that's a deep question. Um, why is it important to to know You're the company a value? Guy, Scott, too. Let's just get yeah. that out so it's perfect for you. So, some days, um, <laughs> and and be able to communicate it well. I can't think of a single dealer out there who has a monopoly. I've never, I've never met one who has a monopoly. They all have competition. And that competition um, is going to do things differently than they do. And typically that competition is going to have a different uh, pricing strategy. And so you've got to know your value. I, to me, I don't worry that much about the competition because you can't control what they do. You have to know what value your company has. You have to know what it is about your company that, that really is going to mean something. And then we have to be able to communicate it. If you cannot communicate it, then what good is it? Um, if I'm, I'm going to put my consumer hat on and you come to me and say, hey, Scott, you know, boy, um, we've, got the, we've got great customer service. Okay, I'm a consumer. What does that mean to me? Um, just, just that you're communicating it is a, is a start, but that, what does it mean? So if you don't communicate it, then I don't know it even exists. And if in the absence of communicated value, the only decision I have as a consumer, uh, the only factor I have to, to affect my decision is what is the price? Mm -hmm. You know, and value is what I'm going to get, but the price is what I'm going to pay. So if you don't communicate any value, I'm, I'm going to make my decision solely based on price. And I don't think anyone truly believes they can win that game. Yeah, and I think uh, yeah, I think you hit on something there, Scott. And there's another part of it too, where this we're assuming that we're neutral in the customer's eyes right now. Mm -hmm. You know, they might see it file us under the heading of contractor. You know, which maybe in their mind doesn't have a great reputation for value or doing what we say we're going to do. 
And so there, there might actually be a, a deficit that has to be overcome on the on the perception side in and then then there's the price piece too and that's where i think oh, that, that the whole value thing really yeah. comes together yeah that, that's a great point matt it, 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 what is their perception of us before we even have any type of contact with them so if you're going to communicate value it actually starts before you have that first verbal conversation hopefully it starts way before then and and the Someone out there is always going to be cheaper than you. Someone will always sell something less than you will sell it for. Uh, so it, it forces us to communicate value. And, you know, back to your original question, why is it important? Hey, you as a company, as a dealer, you need to grow. Um, you've got employees. You need to take care of the employees. They want to grow. You've got to grow. In order to do that, you've got to have profit. And if you're not communicating value, if you can't do that, the profit's not going to be there. You're not going to have the profit to grow your company, to, re to replace trucks. I mean, everything is so cyclical, is cyclical on that, and it's so critical for you to communicate that value. Um, and the, the key part of being able to really communicate value uh, is that in the long term, I'll, I'll hit, probably hit this a little bit later. I'll dive into it. But if you can communicate and deliver on the value, you're going to generate referrals. And so I, I think we all firmly believe that referrals are critical to our success. Yeah, that's it's interesting. One of the things that you said there, Scott, made me think of uh, of generic products in the grocery store, <laughs> right? Why are they generic? Because they're they're almost they have some value intrinsically, you know, for what they provide. Uh, like if you buy generic macaroni and cheese or something, say. But they're right next to the Kraft macaroni and cheese, which is double the price or more, you know. And part of that is because Kraft has done a good job to consumers communicating, here's why you want to buy Kraft macaroni and cheese, because it's the cheesiest, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever the tagline yeah. has been. And they're they're making that value communication because otherwise, what are you? You're just kind of generic. It, it, it's funny you say that, Matt. I'm not going to date myself here, but uh, when I was, I think, in, in late middle school, uh, generic products, I mean, the true, the true generic products were a big hit. They, they became a fad. It was black and white labeling. That was it. There was no brand name. Yep. Um, you know, it, 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 cola, you know, white cans with the word black, black words on there, cola. That was it. Well, it was a fad and it lasted maybe 12 to 18 months and then it just disappeared because they, there was no value along with that. There was a cheap price, but but as consumers, oh, this is this is kind of cool, kind of fun. I'm going to buy beer. Now, I was eighth grade. I wasn't buying beer, but um, the uh, it was a fad, but there was no value. So it was it, it didn't last. You know, it was it was short term. It was cheap. Well, that's that's what your competition, if they're not communicating value, they're going to be cheap. And guess what? They might also be short term, but someone else will be there to replace them. Um, at least the, uh, the generic brands that come out now have a brand name. You know, they've got something. They may not be Kraft. They may not be Best Foods or Heilman's, but they, they have a name to associate with so they can try to communicate some type of value. Yeah. I, I'm going to quote you here, Scott. Someone else will be there to replace them. 
basically saying they're they're interchangeable. They don't, yeah. you know, as a dealer, we don't. That's not where we want to be. We want to be unique, and um, and I think this is where the we can take it back to the value conversation here is that that's you can get a lot of separation from your competition if you're able to succeed on this value communication piece. Yeah, if, if people talk about me as a dealer, I don't want them talking about me that I've got the cheapest price in town. That That's not how I want to identify myself. I want them talking about me and, and talking to their friends, their family members about the value I brought to the table, why it was such a great experience for them. And that's, that's where we want to get to those referrals. Ideally, long-term, um, we would love it if our existing customers communicated all of our value to our future customers for us. Mm. Yeah, that makes it easy at that point, isn't it? Then um, if you've done a good job on the, on the front end with that initial customer and they mm -hmm. understand your value and they like what you did for them, bam, they're going to tell other people about it and they'll be having that value communication well, for you. <laughs> yeah, th then you already walk in with somewhat of a relationship based on trust already yes. because their friend or their, their brother, their aunt or whatever it is, they've already utilized your products, your services, and they had a great experience. They trust you and they pass that trust along to the next person in line. Right on. So let's, let's break this down a little bit now because we've talked about, talked about value and, and why mm -hmm. it's important for, uh, for dealers and companies to understand the value they bring. How do they? How does a company or an owner identify what those value points are for their for their company and what they do? Boy, that, that's an interesting question. The um, to me, it all starts with the owner or the leadership of the company. They're going to set the tone. Mm -hmm. uh, what what are our company's value points? What do we believe they are? Uh, what are the things that we do so well that no one else can even touch us? Because if, if we firmly believe that there's value in that, well, okay, then there's value in that. Uh, what do you feel is critical? It, it, we're in HVAC. We're in people's homes. What are some of the critical things that we do in the home before we get to the home, when we're in the home, after we're in the home? Whatever those are, those are all value points. Um, those are what we have to identify. But here's the key. Uh, if we want buy-in um, on our on our value points, we have to get input from everybody. Um, every and single person has a unique perspective. That? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Matthew. You said every. You said who is everybody? Yeah. Great, great question. Um, every single team member in our company has an opinion. I can almost guarantee that. But they <laughs> all understand. Hopefully, they understand what our company is all about. But they have a unique perspective. They're also consumers. They take pride in their jobs and they have a firm belief on that what they do as individuals brings value and how it brings value. And so as leadership, we've got, we've got to be able to t take that poll, have, have our team determine, boy, we do this and we, there's great value. I don't, I don't care if it's, they, they wax the outdoor unit at the end. If they believe that that is a value point, then darn it, that's a value point. And so um, how do we identify that? I, a couple times, I've, I've done this with distribution, I've done this with dealers. Let's have a team meeting and let, let's, let's get a flip chart or a whiteboard out 
and just start throwing out what are our company's value points? Why should someone choose to do business with us? We're not the cheapest in town, but why, why is it a good, smart decision on that homeowner's part or that consumer's part to make the decision to have us provide them with the product or the service? Well, whatever it is. Well, go ahead, Matt. You question? Well, I, I just, uh, again, I was liking some of what you said there about why should someone choose to do business with us? What makes us unique? What separates us from our competition? What adds to what we deliver to the consumer? And I think how you frame that when you when you have this meeting um, can make all the difference in the answers you get. And, and my um, limited experience in these things is that uh, generally, people get surprised by the stuff that their team members come up with <laughs> things they would have never even thought of. Oh, oh yeah. And, and they take great pride in the fact that they themselves and the company delivers that great pride in that. And it's like, wow, okay. It really means that much to you. And it, it could be an installer. Hey, my ductwork is perfectly straight. You know, when, when I'm sealing my ductwork, it is neat. It's clean. Hey, there's value in that. If, if they believe there's value in that, I can guarantee you when they're in front of a, that homeowner and they're doing that, hey, look at this. I just want you to point this out. Um, this is how we do our work. There's a value point. There's value in, that, value in that to the customer. So all of that starts to really justify the price that you need to charge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, it's interesting how... If we can get the team on board, then it's just what you said. Then, then all these good things will happen that we won't maybe weren't even aware of. When they're out with the consumer and the home, they'll start sharing these value points. You know, just like what you said about the straight duct work, and that's going to help in the communication aspect of this. So um, that's where I wanted to go next. You know, I think you've given okay. folks a good tool on how to identify those value points uh, in their company by having this meeting with the team. Now we develop all of that list of, of value points. How does the communication process happen uh, taking that out to the customer? Boy, don't keep it a secret. <laughs> I, don't. Don't keep your value points a secret. And, and I know that it's a kind of a broad statement, but don't assume that people know what you do for one, um, why it's important for, for two. You've got to be great communicators. I, ideally, to me, the best way to really communicate value is when you go out and do a job, do a great job. Just do a fantastic job. Um, do it right the first time. Exceed their expectations. Once you do that and continue doing that, that's going to generate those referrals. They're going to talk, and they're, you're confirming the great decision that they made by, by delivering on the value. So how do you communicate value? Well, does your website communicate value? Uh, or is it just full of features? Uh, really communicating value, you've got to – Drive down to the benefits. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, you know, features build a framework. Benefits drive decisions. Uh, the uh, 
So you're going to tell me all these features, okay, 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 that's great, but what does it mean to me? Once you make flip that switch and you communicate benefits, so here, Scott, what this means to you is this. Oh, okay. That's how you're communicating your, your value. Um, it can be the website, it can be over the phone, uh, it could be in any of your print materials. It, it, when you're in person, you constantly have to communicate value. It's interesting, I go out and I, I teach classes. I'm out all over the country, um, and lately we've been doing a lot of online classes too. Great, how do we, you know, how do you communicate value? Um, one, it's gotta be a firm, heartfelt belief in what you're saying and what you're communicating. One of, one of the values that, at BDR is that, um, to me, we, we treat our customers like family. Well, if I just said that, um, that doesn't carry a lot of weight. Being able to show that and do that and give examples of that is a great way to communicate what happens uh, and, and, and why that's a value point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like what you said, benefits, not features. And yeah, yeah, features build that framework. Benefits, communicating benefits is what's going to drive that consumer's decision. They're going to make their decision based on the benefits you communicate, not the features. Yeah, and, and so at that point, does it become a little bit of an educational process? It's not just, uh, hey, here's our company and here's here's all the great things that we do. It's kind of, if you look at it from the lens of educating them, I think it's a softer approach and maybe easier for people to get their arms around. You're not going in and bragging about what you're doing. You're educating the customer on on why you do some of these things, how it benefits them, and that is is building the process. It's it's educational. It's absolutely educational. I, I think I think sales is education. You, mm -hmm. You've got to educate people on why you're the right choice. Uh, it's not being a great salesperson. It's being a great educator. And and all the great things you do, don't assume that all your competition does it. Um, even if it's code, well, we have to do that. Well, there's still value to it. There, there's a reason it's code because there's value to a consumer. They may not know it's code. And bringing that up, just don't assume they know that. And don't assume that your competition does it. Let, uh, for instance, let's say you do a room-by-room room heat loss, heat gain every single time. Don't assume all your competitors do that. Is there value to a homeowner in doing that? Absolutely there's value in doing that. Well, and here's where the kicker comes in. If you're going to communicate value, you want to have third-party collateral backing up everything you say. If, if you're telling me there's value in this or communicating value, educating me on that, have backup, have proof that there is value in that. Um, ACA, SMACNA, what, whatever you want to use, testimonials from prior clients, all of that, even a copy of the page out of the code book showing, hey, we do this and because it's code. Well, if you do a great job at communicating value and your competition doesn't, you win. You've communicated value above price. They're gonna they're gonna get the value of, for the price that they paid. Yeah, this makes me think of uh, recently. I've had to, and you know this. We've talked about it. I've had to bring my car in for service a couple times over these last few weeks, and uh, every once in a while, I'll ask you for a ride to to get me back to the to the car place, which you've generously there, provided. There's no value in that for me. I just want you to know that. Man. <laughs> you get the value of my conversation. <laughs> uh, but what I was going to say is that 
a couple times I've had some some because my vehicle's a little bit older and some of the repairs have been a bit pricey and I've just been really appreciative of the the service person that I work with how he treats it as an education he he tells me the price right up front cuz he knows that's what I'm I'm interested in initially and then he tells me well here here's why we need to do this here's the manufacturer's recommendation and here's all the things we're going to do as part of this process and it might take five hours of labor and the part's going to cost this much so he he breaks it all down for me educates me on what they're going to do and, and what's all going into it by the end of this thing i'm like yeah it's a natural to go do it <laughs> you know where at the start i was like geez that seems like a lot of money for a car that's a little bit older um so i just i'm just into this education process as far as the value communication goes okay. Yeah, that's that's funny, Matt. I have the exact opposite story recently. Uh, I'm in the process of I'm in the process of, of making a major purchase. I'm buying I'm buying a new home, and um, I wanted the septic uh, system inspected and pumped before I got there. So I had my realtor. This is in a different state, so I had my realtor get that all set up, and then that person was supposed to go out there on a Tuesday and at the and send me the. Uh, uh, the findings at the end of the day, well, at the end of the day, I had nothing. At the end of Wednesday, I had nothing. So I told my, my realtor, I said, well, just don't, don't do it. Let's, let's not do it. We'll get somebody else. I, we're, we're starting to run short on time. Well, then the next day, um, she gets a call. Where's my payment? What do you mean? Well, I went out and did that. Well, we didn't know that. Um, and so this is now, we're now two weeks past this and I have not seen an invoice. I have not seen a, his findings. And he, he swore at my realtor. He, he's left several voicemails for me. Like, I said, just give me the invoice. Tell me what you did, and I'd be happy to pay it. But he doesn't take a credit card. So here I am, um, you know, six states away from him. How am I going to pay him? Doesn't want, he wants a check or a cashier's check. Well, send me an invoice. Show me what you did. Prove it. So the the biggest lack of value that I've ever seen and already whatever price I'm paying, I can guarantee is too high because there's no value associated with it. Right. Yeah. It's just, uh, and I think that's what um, a lot of consumers have that second experience that you just communicated in their minds when they think of contractors. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Sad to say. Um, so, uh, I think uh, we, we, I love this discussion about um, educating the consumer about the value points and, and the why we do things and third-party collateral, as you said. What about, I'm not so sure that internal team members always know the why <laughs> on some things. You know, Can you talk a little bit about that on the importance of making sure the team knows the value, not just the value, because maybe we came up with that in that meeting, but maybe the why behind some of these things. Oh, yeah. And, and there's several layers to that, Matt, but it, it all goes right back to the education. As owners or leadership or management, um, you're going to set the tone and you've got, you've got to walk the walk and talk the talk. Uh, 
if, if there's value, we, we can't just assume we communicate it to it once. Hey, by the way, we do this and there's great value to the consumers, so make sure you communicate that. If they don't know the why, they're going to have trouble communicating it. Now, and that when I talk about the why, that's where the layers come in. Okay, what's the why to the consumer? Well, it, it's this. They, it's going to lower their monthly payment. It's going to help them, you know, breathe better in the home. It's going to make them more comfortable. Whatever those, the whys are, what the, the benefits to the consumers, they absolutely have to understand that. But the second layer of that, what's the why for them as a team member? Okay, and that may vary by position. Um, you, you know, the, the value points to be able to effectively communicate, communicate those to a consumer for an installer may be more that, the end result of this, being able to communicate these value points is, hey, we get more referrals, you don't get laid off in the slow period. For a, for a technician, it may be the more we communicate our value, the more uh, plan maintenance agreements we get, you don't get laid off in the slow periods. We, we're busy all the time. So what's in it for them? It may be, as a salesperson, it may be, hey, you get really good at communicating these value points and understanding these. Um, it may be an increase in, in spiffs, in commissions, in sales, in close rate, w whatever that is. Those are all the whys for the, uh, for the individual. And then the third level is the why for the company. And this kind of goes back to how it affects the individual a little bit. But the reason we have to do this, make sure they understand the, uh, the value is What's it going to mean to the company? Hey, the company can grow. We can replace the trucks. We can have an overall better benefit package. We can have a retirement plan. We can have growth opportunities for individuals. So there's several levels of why. And every single team member needs to understand the why for the customer, the why for them as individuals, and the why for the company. Right. And if, and if you do that and you have your team on your side in this, Maybe now we don't have to, uh, you know, because I'm thinking uh, maybe some some listeners are, are having their minds of, okay, well, maybe I need to do more advertising or, or more marketing, uh, and that's going to help make this value communication um, because that's what, you know, that's what giant companies do, you know. Um, yeah. How do you how do you see that? Where What's the role of advertising and marketing versus working it through your team and, and, and that way? Well, I, I think it, I, I, you have to start with the team. The advertising and marketing, I'll, I won't say anything bad about those, but those are a supplement. Th those, are, those, are a, uh, th those aren't the lead, your lead play. Getting your team to embrace it and understand it and live it uh, and having it become part of your culture, being able to educate consumers and communicate your value, that, that's a cultural uh, change, and that's, and that's critical. If they don't believe it, I don't think any amount of advertising is going to overcome it. If they don't understand it, no amount of advertising or marketing is going to overcome it. I, that's why I think the advertising and marketing is a great supplement, but it all starts with your team, with your core, because that's where your strength is. I, I know at BDR, we have a very, very strong culture, and, and I love the culture. And that's why you've been here for 20 years, Matt, and I've been here for 12. Mm -hmm. um, We've got a strong culture. Now, I, I will admit, there have been a few times when people have come on board and they just didn't get it. They didn't understand it. They didn't understand our value points. They didn't embrace them. And they don't last long. They, they're uncomfortable because we're so driven 
by our culture and our value points. Well, that's, that's what you want to create in your company. Um, I'm not saying you want to drive people out, but you want to make sure the people that you want to keep are there for the long term and they believe in what you're doing, they understand your value points, they can communicate it really well, and um, it, it starts to create more and more and just builds on itself. Yeah, yeah. Then it it becomes uh, uh, like that that snowball rolling down the hill, as they say, where you're just going to be picking up steam if you've got the whole team behind you. And then, yeah, if you're adding in advertising and marketing along with that, uh, yeah, you've got a got a huge uh, a huge uh, snow snowball heading heading your way. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it snowballs pick up speed and they get bigger as they're rolling. Mm -hmm. And if you've got a great internal culture and your team believes in it and they're strong, you are never going to have any problem recruiting people to your company. That will be clear when they walk in the door before they ever get there. You know, to think about, think about this at a, a different level. You've, you're asking your team members to communicate value to consumers. How about prospective employees? What, yes. what value does your company have to a prospective employee, to a prospective new team member. Why should they come to work for you? Not why should the consumer buy for you, but why should they come to work for you? What are your value points there? Different level, but the same concept. Well, yeah, I think that uh, you might have, uh, uh, that's an aha moment, I guess I would say. We, we need an aha sound effect on this thing or something. Um, <laughs> What are, what are the light bulbs sound like going off? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> because that, that's something I don't I don't think gets commonly thought of in, in when you're talking about value is yeah how does the company look to prospective employees, and um, it makes me think of some situations we've had here at BDR where we've had open positions and um, as a as a manager here myself, um, mm -hmm. occasionally I've I've asked the team member of like hey do you have any friends or, or or even family members that you think would be good fits for, um, you know, to apply for this position. And, you know, fairly regularly, I get, I get the uh, response like, hey, yeah, I, I know some people, but I'm not sure they're a fit for BDR, you know, and this is coming from somebody that already works here because they, they understand not just the culture, but our, our value beliefs. You know, exactly. And so yeah. I think that's that's really fascinating that you came up with that um, that angle, because finding people is still something we've got to do. We've got to have, uh, you know, got to have workers and team members. And, and if they're attracted to the value that the company provides, um, it's going to be a real easy recruitment. Yeah, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be great to have the culture and the value points where you had a list of people waiting to come to work for you? Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, Scott, we've we've covered a lot of ground on value here. Um, I wanted to to then get uh, into now you're as a trainer. Um, are there a couple BDR training classes that if somebody said, hey, I'd love to uh, dive deeper into this value piece that would be good fits for them? Boy, there, there's a new one out, Matt, that, that's just just hitting uh, out there. It's called the Pillars of HVAC. And I know you know about that one, but that, you know, that is a, that, that is a class all about your company and 
you know, kind of a ground up, the overall, uh, how you build a great foundation in a company. And value is a key part of that. Um, you know, the consumer financing class, uh, I, I think that's big because that helps create a culture mm-hmm. in your company and helps, I, I tell you, uh, the definition of, of financing is providing capital to, to consumers to help them achieve their goals. So if you are a company that has a way to help consumers achieve their goals, that brings value. So I, I can't think of a single class we were out there teaching that is not loaded with value points that you can take, adopt, make your own, and go out and communicate. Awesome. Well, let's let's do this, Scott, because I think um, that financing example, what if we kind of took that through the different touch points with the consumer, starting when they when they call in on the phone and how those value points, just, just for financing that the company offers gets communicated. Could you take us through that? Sure. Well, let's, let's, let's take one step, step back before the phone. Um, Let's make sure it's on your website. Okay. Because if, if someone's going to finance, they're going to go, typically they're going to search online and they're going to look at if you offer it. Great. But on the phone, um, to, to me, there's a difference between proactive and reactive financing. Proactive means you're upfront about it and, and you're you're vocal. You're not keeping it a secret. Reactive is you kind of keep it tucked in your back pocket and only bring it out when someone needs it. When someone asks for it, you're reacting to their their question. Do you offer financing? So the value point in this, when they when they call your company, is you broach that subject immediately. Because there's great, there's great value to me that, oh, you're going to make it really easy for me to get the system I want, not just the system I can afford. If I had to pay lump sum, there, there's value in that. Uh, I can buy more accessories. I can buy a higher efficiency. I can lower my monthly bill. I can have cleaner air. Those are all value points that, that financing provides. But if you make me ask for it, um, I, I may not do it and it becomes a negative situation. You you put me in a situation where, boy, um, gosh, I didn't know this is going to be 10,000 bucks and that's the system I want. And you haven't brought up financing. Now I have to ask you, I have to basically lose space and, and kind of embarrassingly ask, ooh, do you guys offer financing? I didn't know it was going to be that much. So being proactive on your website, on your on your phone calls, on your printed materials, your advertising, your marketing, your vehicles, that right there is a cultural thing and, and a value point that um, consumers are looking for today. I've got all kinds of statistics, but I don't want to teach a whole class here on a podcast. Yeah, but what I'm hearing, the theme is education, you know? Hey. Absolutely. On our website, this is we we've got it. We offer this. These are some of the options. You can get pre-qualified here, and when when they call in, we're in your words proactively telling them about it, not making them ask because I makes me think of like being in a classroom, and some some people don't like to ask questions because they're yeah. they don't like they're worried that they're going to be seen as as dumb or or not knowing something that they should. And I, to me, that's what I was relating to when you're talking about the customer. If we make them ask for it, all of a sudden they're kind of on the defensive. You're like, well, do you guys have this? But if we're if we're educating them proactively about the value options we've got, 
then it just becomes natural to them to to consider it at least. Oh yeah, yeah, and and how you say that, you know, just the tone of voice, the specific words you use, all very critical. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of a lot of nuance to that, but um, man, great discussion today, Scott. Um, before we wrap up here, is there anything you else you'd like to get out on the table related to value or or things you might have coming up? Um, you know that that third party collateral. I just kind of want to go back to that. Um, it, I, I recommend if you're communicating value, you don't just use. If you're going to use third party collateral, don't just say it. Have it printed or or have something documented that you can hand to somebody or show them. Um, because we end up talking a lot <laughs> in in our processes. The more that we can show the better off we're gonna be. If you can show pictures of finished jobs with happy customers sitting there smiling, well, there's value, because there's value to that. Uh, if you can show that, you know, ACA says that you should do a room by room heat loss, heat gain. Consumer Reports says that. Show that, have that printed material. That supports the value that you bring. I think I think that's it, Matt. And I think, um, I, I, I gotta tell you, this, this podcast, this, this has been fun. It's been great. <laughs> Um, you know, we've got a lot of online um, live instructor-led courses now. In the fall, we've got some online courses, self, self-paced self online courses coming. Uh, there, there's so much that we're bringing to the table, and the message, the message is consistent all the way through. But I will say I am excited next month, at the end of next month, to hopefully get back out there and, and do a live in-person course. So. Yeah, boy, all of us at B are just itching to be uh, back together with our our clients in the training room, and uh, you know, as on sites, as coaches, and and whatnot, just to to be together in, in the same place. And uh, it, you know, everyone's going going through that. It's a it's a challenge. Um, I wanted to circle back on one one more thing on value that just because you brought up a great point, I thought um, using the third party collateral. And using the collateral from your company as well. You know, if you've got pictures of great installations or yeah. pictures of things that you've done, testimonials, those are great things too. And it might be a good piece when you when you have that meeting of the team to build out the value points. When you get a point up on the whiteboard, ask the second question, okay, and how are we going to show this to the customer? How are we going to communicate it? Do we have a picture? Do we have collateral? How are we going to do that? And Matt, sorry to drag. I'm not trying to drag this out. But <laughs> We're trying that, to end that, this, that thing, just, Scott. That just clicked. That just clicked when you when you said that. Uh, going back to your question on how do you communicate value? Hey, get a lot of really good positive reviews. Drive that. Be be really really good at getting great reviews. The better you are at that, the less work you have to do uh, on a one on one basis to communicate value because people research today. They, and they're going to go and they're going to read about your company and they're already going to have formed a judgment about your company before they pick up the phone. The fact that they pick up the phone and call you means you're already in the game. Now you just have to reinforce the value that they have already read about on the reviews. Beautiful. I think that's a good way to close this out and, and just restate some of our themes here. Is Wonderful. To, um, identify those value points in your company figure out how you're going to communicate them and then 
go start that education process with your team and with with all the the customers that you work with. Scott, thank you so much for uh, for joining us on this uh, podcast here, and uh, look forward to having you on about uh, to discuss future topics. Truly, my pleasure, Matt. Thank you. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks everyone, and that'll do it for another episode of the Prime Resources Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you.